Our reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is living and active. We thank you for the many ways in which you speak to us through it, and we pray that you'd encourage us and challenge us this morning. Amen. So, at the beginning of the service, for those who weren't here, we were trying to name uh, as many of the spiritual gifts as we could that are listed in the Bible. We got as far as, I think, missing, oh, how many do we get there? One, two, three, four, about, about 11 or 12 there. Uh, there are, as we said at the beginning, about 30 spiritual gifts in the Bible. So, some significant ones that we missed. I'm wondering if anybody knows what the first spiritual gift in the Bible is. The first spiritual gift that's given or mentioned in the Bible. Anyone have any ideas? Yeah. Well, life is a gift, for sure. Um, but the first time that the Bible actually mentions somebody receiving a spiritual gift, it doesn't happen in Paul's letters. It actually happens in the Old Testament, and it's Bezalel, and it is creativity. He is given the gift of craftsmanship and creativity so that he can work with stones and crafts of many kinds in order to build the tabernacle. So the very first spiritual gift that's given in the Bible is creativity, which isn't surprising being as we're made in the image of a creator God, is it? Uh, But anyway, there are many, many others. We listed a few of them here. So artistic creativity, craftsmanship, giving, hospitality, knowledge, mercy, music, organization, voluntary poverty, wisdom, apostleship, counselling, evangelism, help, uh, leadership, mission, service, shepherding, singleness, teaching, deliverance, discernment, faith, healing, interpretation, miracles, prayer, prophecy, suffering and tongues to name a few. Uh, are all spiritual gifts and, and labelled as such. So not just what Paul lists in, in the passage we heard in Corinthians, there's a lot more to it than that when you look through scripture. And I don't know whether you've heard hundreds of sermons on spiritual gifts, whether you've never heard a sermon on spiritual gifts before, Uh, maybe you're tired of hearing spiritual gifts, maybe you'll find, uh, as I've found in my life in church, it seems to be cycles that every so often a sermon on spiritual gifts will come up, and as I said last week, it's normally when the vicar is trying to guilt trip people into doing more, that's not the case now, that's not why we're looking at this now, we are looking at this, as we said last week, in the context of love and loving one another well, 
And so I want to take us through really kind of some of the principles of spiritual gifts rather than going through the 30 individually, which I once did at a youth camp and it took an hour and a half. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, But I want to look at some of the keys and some of the important things to bear in mind when we think about spiritual gifts. Now, there are different types of sermon in church. There are some sermons that feel very much like a preach and there are some sermons that feel a bit more like teaching. I think this is probably erring more towards teaching, uh, which I hope is helpful and encouraging and will build us up in some way uh, as a community of people this morning as we think about spiritual gifts. But we're not just thinking about spiritual gifts kind of as they are written about. We're thinking about what, why do they matter now? Why are we talking about this right now in this season at this time? Why is it God is highlighting spiritual gifts to us? And as he does, what are the things we have to make sure we remember and we get right? Because there are lots of mistakes we can make around spiritual gifts that we want to avoid and some things we definitely want to get right. And so this uh, is really just a chance to focus on some of the keys, some of the fundamental things to bear in mind when thinking about spiritual gifts as a whole. And the first is this. They are all from the same source and for the same purpose. Every single spiritual gift is from the Holy Spirit. Which is why it's so heartbreaking when you hear of churches who deny the work of the Holy Spirit today or feel that he's not relevant today when actually he is a giver of great gifts. As Rick was saying, he's a God of abundance and the giving of gifts is a work of the Holy Spirit. But also acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is not just functional. This isn't his only function. He is also relational. So when the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, he does so relationally. He does so knowing you better than you even know yourself. He knows you better than anyone can know you. So when he's giving you or imparting to you a gift, he's doing that with who you are, working with who you are. But they come from him. They can't be manufactured or made in any way. They are, by nature of their name, a gift that is spiritual. Therefore, they are from the Holy Spirit and they are a gift to us. And they are for honouring God by serving others. We'll come to that in a minute. So every single gift is from the same source. The reason we're able to list these gifts as we do in Scripture is because they're all mentioned in conjunction with, with this Holy Spirit. So the example we gave of the gift of creativity, it says very clearly the Holy Spirit came upon Bezalel and he was able to dot, dot, dot. So it's a very much a spiritual gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. And as a result, the second thing we need to remember is those spirits are empowered by God as well. That yes, we can grow in our spiritual giftings and we can develop them and we can work at them. They are ultimately from God and empowered by God. So in order for us to grow most in the gifts, we need to come back to what we've been remembering about the few uh, past few weeks and thinking about the concept of rest and the importance of rest, which is why we teach rest before we teach spiritual gifts. Because otherwise spiritual gifts become about doing stuff. But in order for our gifts to be empowered, we need to seek first the presence of God. It's in the presence of God that our gifts are empowered and sourced and enriched. And it's in using them that they grow and they develop. But they are empowered by God. He is the one who reveals those gifts to us, who gives them to us. So we need to keep ourselves in the source or remain in the vine as Jesus put it thirdly spiritual gifts are for everybody here with no exception 
There is nobody who knows Jesus who doesn't have a gift of some kind. And if you haven't, or if you don't think you've got a spiritual gift, it's merely because you haven't discovered it yet, not because God hasn't given you one. Because he gifts all of his children, every single one of us without exception. And some people, most often the thing we see is that people do definitely carry spiritual gifts. They don't necessarily carry the language that goes with it. Or they don't recognize that what they carry is one of the gifts of 30 because they limit it to the apostle teaching pastor that we looked at last week and realize actually there's so much more to spiritual gifts than that. And so we need to acknowledge that every single one of us without exception carries a spiritual gift or more than one in many cases. And it's important we know that. Before the service this morning, uh, somebody had the word acceptance and I think this is some, something that sometimes people struggle to accept, that they are gifted. And you are. If you know Jesus, if you're surrendered to him, you are gifted. Because if you know Jesus and you're surrendered to him, then you are part of his plan on this earth to build his church. And he used the gifts to do that, which leads on to... Uh, another one in a little bit but fourthly I want to say that God decides who receives which gifts and in many ways that's hugely releasing isn't it to know that it's up to him and not up to us he decides who receives each gift and here's the key thing that you need to understand is that the gifts are not given as a reward for good behavior or long servitude It's not a case of the longer you've been a Christian, the more gifts you might receive. He decides who receives each gift based on who is receiving the gift, on who he knows you to be. It's not a case of, I've served for longest, therefore I have the most. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. He knows you individually and knows what gifts will work well with who you are with who he's made you to be. He also knows the gifts that might go counter to who you are and counter to who you think you are. He knows things that we don't know. He sees things that we don't see. And so he decides who receives which gifts based on that. It's not to do with earning them or working towards them. And it's important that we learn the difference between uh, spiritual gifts and fruits of the Spirit. They are very different things. Fruits of the Spirit is something, a work that God is doing in all of us, bringing us to people who are being patient, kind, loving, all the things that are listed in there. But somebody can receive a spiritual gift the moment they come to know Jesus, but not necessarily have the spiritual maturity to use it well. So, for example, you might come to faith and instantly have a heart for evangelism, You may not have the people skills that are required yet, but you will develop that. You will grow that through time. But Jesus decides who has those gifts and when they have them. It's not up to us. As a result, therefore, we need to remember it's never and should never be about comparison. Desire, absolutely. Paul makes it very clear we should eagerly desire all of the spiritual gifts eagerly desire those and so if we see a gift in someone else and it it maybe spurs something in us of oh I wish I could do that we've got to be careful that we're not using comparison admiration fine that's that can be a good thing but not comparison not thinking I'm rubbish because I don't have that gift or I'm not as good as that person because I can't do that or I wish God had given me that gift and not the one I've got that's not 
how it works in the church. It's not a thing for comparison because he alone ordains and decides who receives what. And I heard this quote this week, which I thought was really good, that every Christian has a different mix of the spiritual gifts. So when you discover your unique mix, you'll probably find you're in the minority. I like that. Because what it means is God is not going to fill St. Mary's Slapham with 75 evangelists. Because that wouldn't, well, it would work in some levels, but it wouldn't work on every level. Because we need pastors. We need pastor teachers. We need single pastors. We need married pastors. We need people who are uh, called to specific things in specific times. He, He knows the makeup of the church. He knows what he is building because he said he's building the church. And part of that is he's choosing who receives the gifts and how we receive them. And we're not comparing them with one another because each gift is unique because we're unique. And God is working always to build his church through us. To develop his church through us. He does the building of the church. He's made that very clear that he builds his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But sickly we need to remember that the gifts are given for the sake of others. Not for ourselves. Now we may be blessed by having the gifts in many ways. But they're not for us. They are given for the sake of other people, which seems countercultural to the concept of gifts, doesn't it? Because normally when you receive a gift, it's for you. It's for you to enjoy. And actually, when you adventure with God, you will enjoy using the gifts too. There is fun in it. There is delight in it. But when you are given a gift, it's for the sake of others. To build up and bless the people around you in this building and in our wider parish and in our wider benefice. It's for the sake of others that we're given the gifts that we're given so that we can build others up. One of the realities is that if we don't, if we become too insular and too self-focused, then we just won't be given the opportunities to use the gifts that God's given us because they're to bless others, others who are here. Now, Paul, just call the list up again. And I know this isn't the complete list. But the thing I've I've found over the years, both personally and and in churches I've been involved in, that when you see a list like this, and and even a more complete list of the, the whole 30 gifts, or however many you think there are, you will read through that list. And, and on some level, you might be able to say, oh, maybe I'm okay at that. Maybe I have the gift of encouragement. Maybe I have the gift of hospitality. Maybe I have the gift of pastoring or shepherding people. And you can look through the gifts and you can think, yeah, okay. Oh, I am quite creative. Maybe that is from God. But generally speaking, we're pretty rubbish at recognizing the gifts in ourselves, if I'm honest. We tend to maybe think, oh, it could be that. It might not be that. But here's something I have a dream for and a hope for in our church community is that in this place it's not just a case of looking at the lists of gifts and saying I think maybe I might be gifted in this my hope and my desire for this community is that more and more and more we become a place where the person next to you is able to say I see this in you I see this gift in you 
When you welcome me into your home the way that you do and make me feel like I'm the most important person in the world, I see the gift of hospitality in you. When you encourage me, I see the gift of encouragement in me. When you share your love of Jesus, I see the gift of evangelism in you. That we recognize the gifts in one another, that we're not waiting for the people up front to tell you what gifts you have. You're not even waiting to recognize them in yourselves, which if you do, that's great, and we encourage that. But everybody around you is able to say, I see this in you. And we call it out, because let's be honest, if that's happening, that will build the church, won't it? I mean, that will encourage us. I mean, have you, uh, just uh, by show of hands, I, I know this, you may not want to show your hands if you, but has anyone ever done that for you? Has anyone ever had someone come up to them and say, I see this gift in you? It feels amazing when that happens. It's really encouraging and affirming, particularly if it does match up with something we thought ourselves as well. That maybe, oh, maybe I've got the gift of evangelism. And then someone comes up and says, I see an evangelist in you. Goodness me, that's affirming. And that's what builds us up and encourages us. As Paul is constantly urging, we have to remember he's writing this to the church in Corinth, which is hugely divided. They've messed up their leadership. They've messed up community. They've messed up what happens in communion. They're messing up the class system. They're treating the poor really badly. They're really not doing church very well at all. And Paul is saying, if if you want to be doing church well, acknowledge these gifts come from the Holy Spirit. And they are for you to build each other up, to encourage one another, to grow in love. All the things we looked at last week in Ephesians that we desire to be uh, for one another and with one another and through one another. That's the kind of community Paul's wanting to see built in Corinth and that we want to see built here. And it comes not just through recognizing the gifts in ourselves, but by recognizing and pointing out the gifts in others. Now, I've no doubt that you're sat here this morning and you've spotted a spiritual gift in somebody here. The question is more, have you ever told them? Have you ever told them that? If not, today's the day to do that. I'm hoping and praying that this becomes one of the most anointed coffee times we've ever had in this Sunday. That as you go for coffee and people just come up to me, I see the gift of apostleship in you. I see shepherding in you. I see, I see creativity in you. Just call those gifts out of one another and encourage one another as you do. And I think that's the way of Jesus. When you look at how Jesus operated, for example, with Peter, he calls out who Peter really is by calling out the gifts that he carries. He sees the evangelist in Peter and he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And on this church, I will build my rock. Or look at the Canaanite woman. This is one of my favorite script passages in scripture where Jesus has a Canaanite woman in front of her he's, uh, and she receives healing and he says, I've seen more faith in you than I've seen in all of Israel. You tell me he's not seeing the spiritual gift of faith in her. And she hasn't seen it in herself, but he's seen it in her and he's called it out of her. The number of times he does that, your faith has made you well. He's calling out the spiritual gift of faith in people, I think. When he releases the disciples to go and do healings and exorcisms, what's he doing if not calling out the spiritual gifts that they carry and sending them to use them? 
It's the way of Jesus, is to recognize gifts in other people and call them out into being. Let us become more and more and more a community where we don't just recognize the gifts in ourselves, but we see them in others and we tell them when we see them. Because that will build this church. That will build any church. And develop any church that Jesus is building. And so as he works in partnership with us, because all of this is about the fact that the God of the universe wants to partner with us in his work on earth. Building the kingdom. And we know we can't do it without him. That's why he does this. And as we've been saying, he is the God of abundance. In 2012, there was a prophecy spoken over this church. Uh, Some of you may have been here when it happened, and it was really powerful. And it spoke of many things. It spoke about rest. It spoke about all kinds of different things that God wants to do in this place. But one of the words that was in that prophecy 10 years ago was, I have so many things for you, if only you will ask. God says, I have so many things for you, if only you will ask. Because there is an element with these spiritual gifts as well, in which you can be bold enough to ask as well. There are some you already have. There are some you already carry. There are some that may be for a season that may come and may go. But there may be some you desire to have. It's all right to ask. And what would be amazing, what I'd love to see and hear testimonies of, is somebody today saying, God, I really want the spiritual gift of discernment. And then in three weeks' time, someone coming up to that person and saying, I see the gift of discernment in you. That would be awesome. (laughs) So let's desire the gifts. Let's seek to recognize them in who we are, but seek to recognize them in one another. And to call those gifts out. And as we do so, as we model the way of Jesus doing that, may this church develop to be more and more a place where these gifts are used for the building of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.